NAGP Resurrection, the podcast where we talk about the video game news of the week. Then we have a topic. Jim Sterling is being sued by Digital Homicide. This was this has been going on for a while, it seems like, but that's what we're going to be talking yep. about tonight. It's very yep. crazy and long. It's it's going to be interesting. Fuck. It's a saga. Yeah, it's as saga. old as time. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Then with some the tale of swords and souls eternally retold. It's it, yes, retold many times. So then we're going to do some game recommendations, final thoughts. I'm your host, Joseph Burchette. And with me, I have Lionel. You didn't forget this time. Yay! You exist. And then we have Mike. She had a great ass! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this week was... So this week was GDC, and it's the Game Developers Conference, and good lord... There was so much news about virtual reality headsets and new game engine support. It's just, it's just day after day, just new announcements about just, it's just God so much. Damn VR. And, uh, so much. And apparently somebody trying to simulate fucking Sailor Jupiter. Just saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, so a lot of the news we're going to be talking about is VR related. So prepare yourself. The first, the first <laughs> bit here is PlayStation VR has finally been priced at three ninety nine, and it's launching October two thousand sixteen. And yeah, Mike, give us an Andrew House impression. I, I think it's necessary. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me get into character. I forgot. Let me see. <laughs> Andrew House this buy our VR headset <laughs> and that sums up GDC right there that's pretty much all that was happening it's just company after company announcing a new VR headset and then asking you to buy it so going back to yep. Sony here, three ninety nine. What do you guys think? Is this? I mean, that's a console. I mean, is, is that a good amount of money for this type of technology? Or Mike, would you pay for this? Would you? Would you pay three ninety nine for a headset? Absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> that better be uh, be on the higher end of things. Shit, it's on the lower end. Of, yeah. uh, well, it's. You know, it's really strange how we have these, like, higher-end ones competing, and then we have super, super lower ends, and there's no mid-range right now. Like, I I don't quite understand. Well, people are figuring it out. Well, I mean, I, I just... How can it be that expensive? I mean, what you what you're doing is you're streaming... A bunch of video into a headset that has motion tracking. I'm sure I'm oversimplifying, but it's like, how is that four hundred dollars? Like, mm. I, I you could you could strap a phone to your head that is streaming video 
and strap a PlayStation Move onto that and get the same claw. And that would probably be like a hundred bucks. Like I don't, I just, I, it does have headphones. <laughs> so th- this, <laughs> th- I don't this, know, man. This is where it gets even worse. Is that it's three ninety nine. Now remember, this is just for the headset. It, you're still going. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, still gotta buy. Yeah, still okay. gotta buy the PlayStation. Well, yeah, well the, it's even that. It's forced doing all the hard work. Yeah, I mean, but you still need. I I believe they said you needed. Um, I wish I had put that article in here, but like you still need uh, like the actual like the camera and other stuff too. Yeah. So there's other pieces you need. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's not just the and console. That's six. That's sixty. That's bucks. I, I, I put the article back there. It's at the total buy-in. If you want, if you're just a, you're Joe consumer. Mm. You got a big TV. You got nothing. You're like, I want VR. It the whole total buy-in is like eight hundred and ten dollars or something, or eight hundred and sixty dollars or something like Ooh. that. It's insane. God. So. Mm. Yeah, I just I just don't, and it has. And it it's corded, right? Uh, it is, yes. Yeah, it's just like it's not mobile. <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe, maybe I'm a, a dumbass. Like your head tracking is that unsophisticated that it has to use the PlayStation Eye. I don't know. Mm. I just. Uh, it, I just, it, I just don't understand. It could also it could also be too that it's just I mean since this is still a very new thing and like Lana was saying they're still trying to figure it out the tech inside of there is the hardware it's still really expensive because if you um, think about the the gear uh, the gear headset Samsung's gear headset all you do it's a case and you put your phone in there so it only costs ninety nine dollars so it's there's nothing really streaming there's no tech for that it's just a case <laughs> even even that. Why is that ninety nine dollars? Like Why is that ninety nine dollars? That is Why not is a case plastic. That right. So that's ninety nine dollars because it's ninety nine dollars. <laughs> there really isn't a valid reason because Why? it is dumb. Yeah, it's yeah. I, because I, because they could probably trick some dumbass into paying for it. Yeah, I mean it's they're they're, they're testing us. Poor yeah. I mean, dumbass. I mean, I, mean, I have sympathy. Guy. I mean, all it has in there is just like the the cardboard. It has maybe some some better lenses inside of it, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I right, yeah. So it's I, guess it's got an expensive little monitor in there, so mm-hmm. that's probably shaped funny. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how much? I guess I guess you have to consider too that you're shoving your phone in there, and the phone is. Right. But even the phone, the phone does a bunch of other shit too. It's not just a monitor. Exactly. Like, yeah, so. I don't know. It seems excessive. Just a little bit. Um, I, I'm guessing, I'm hoping that within the, the time frame that this thing releases, that uh, like maybe a few months after when October comes around, maybe like Christmas or like January or, or whatever, the price will, will go down by a little bit. It's three ninety nine. That's that's just way too high. That's really they, expensive. They, they won't lower the price. Then that's their buy-in price. They're gonna. That's when they're gonna get the most. Like all the rich people are like, oh, I'll buy my, I'll buy a fucking Johnny Gamer a four hundred dollar little thing that he's gonna use once. Yeah, let's drop four hundred. 
Like that's yeah, what they want. Like, uh, they they want the big push for the holiday season to get that. God damn it, you're right. Money. Yeah, that's like that is the time to do that. Because <laughs> that's yeah. uh, uh, well, I guess we can all we, we with with the next year or two when the hardware starts getting more, you know, it gets better and cheaper. Hope hopefully we'll start seeing it yeah. cost way less because well, this some, is some of that is there's just going to be an element of trial and error and R&D involved in this like there'll be some streamlining of things they'll figure out how to make these things cheaper and hopefully we'll see some of the savings on this but uh yeah yeah i mean it's a new frontier yeah but but also so, too i think so i think there's some just... uncertainties got to be expected that being said 99 dollars for a plastic case fuck right off the edge of my dick <laughs> yeah i mean to some yeah, extent they yeah. are just taking advantage of the fact that this is a new technology and you know it's you're this is something new and amazing you've never experienced before so you're gonna pay this much money for it so that, i think that's probably another part of it as well but we will mm. see at least the the pricing and the specs and also just the date for release has finally been announced so that's always good um, so this, this next article is, uh, I put this in here for introducing the games coming out for the Oculus Rift. It was essentially just a YouTube video showing all the new games coming out. And the reason why I put this in there is because looking at these games, I only saw maybe one or two that would convince me to maybe buy a VR headset. A lot of these games look like things that don't even really need to be in VR. So it's just... That's something else I'm starting to worry about. I mean, have you guys seen any games that have convinced you? They're like, oh, my God, I need to get a VR headset to play this. Have you seen any games like that yet? Like, Lionel, how about you? Um, nothing yet, though. Um, I haven't looked especially hard right now. Um, uh, <laughs> I did think, just think of one game <laughs> that might be kind of fun. Is a, It's called... Ah! It's basically like a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a skydiving sim. Or you're just falling down. I think I know what you're talking about. With a point system, yeah. You have to like try and like free fall through certain targets. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the word. Uh, Mike, how about you? Have you seen any games that have convinced you that it's worth getting a he- headset? Jumbo K, was you ever hear Joe, our old roommate, talk about if he ever decided to end it all? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, he said he'd uh, go skydiving and just not pull the chute. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. That's a way to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, I a- mean, the, the only thing I... I but I'm, I'm kind of a strange case where I never pay full price for anything. Game wise, anymore, it's just shit's priced out of my my budget. I always buy things on sale, and it's just cheaper to buy things on Steam. Um, so for me, the question is: Is there stuff that I would try to get my hands on? Like mm. I would want to try a demo of, or try at someone else's house? But I mean, if obviously, if I had disposable income, actually, if I had disposable income, I don't even know if I would fuck with this shit. Uh, there's like some of those uh, space dog fighting ones look cool. Um, there's a couple ones that 
were look like they're in first person that look like they might be interesting but i mean no there's nothing really mm. that i'm looking forward to on it yet yeah um i, I don't know Hmm. Uh, it's for me it's i'm gonna have to wait until it start hearing reviews of shit that's mind-blowing you know like you have to yeah you know, like you have to do that you have to play this like this is it like this is the vr experience um and that's the that's because we're still in the very early stages of trying to figure out what the vr experience even is like watching that sizzle reel <laughs> It just reminded me of those early, early sizzle reels on like PS1, <laughs> where it's like, oh, these are all the games that they have that are going to be available. And really, not just PS1, but just every single console iteration. They did it for the Vita, they did it for everything. All of these, you know, at the end of every conference, they show it to remind you of what's coming. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't much there. Um, there's a an article later that we'll talk about, like the the Star Wars thing that yeah. looks really cool. Yeah, uh, uh, actually, I mean, <clears throat> with this, this next article, it kind of speaks a little bit to the the different pricing for it was from the gameindustry.biz, and they were just talking about with all the new games that are coming out, and there's a lot of them that they have that are like going to be coming out. A good number of them, but what I thought was interesting was that the the pricing for all the games is it's all over the place. Like one is five dollars, another is like twenty, is like twenty, then another sixty. So I mean, that kind of makes me a little happy because I don't, I don't have to when I'm going to the whole VR stuff. It's not all going to be like sixty dollars. Clearly, there's going to be a nice good range yeah. of games to pick from, uh, yeah. pricing to pick from, which is good. That's and good. this was all. This was all Oculus stuff. Right. Yeah. It's just all for um, Oculus. Which, I mean, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. I saw a lot of small indie looking games there and I saw some that looked pretty big budget AAA shit there. So it makes sense. But I suppose it's also nice for the consumer. Oh, yeah. Um, to be able to jump in. You know, I just spent 800 and something dollars. <laughs> and now I can. And I have to buy a $60 game. I'll have all this $5 games I can try out just for experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's always good. And, I mean, that's also, I mean, you said indie. I mean, we're right now at GDC, there were, there's so many indie developers just incredibly excited for VR. So we're seeing a lot of really diverse experiences that are, that are being made for VR right now. So, yeah, I mean, it is incredibly early and we probably won't really see anything really good out yet probably for like a year another year or so because they're just not launching this stuff but mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait and see wait and see um i i can i make a prediction go for it uh if they get this vr thing right racing games coming back in a really big way i could and see that maybe peripherals with it yeah yeah, flight sticks and stuff like that. I don't know if it. I don't know. It's hard to say because I. I feel like that stuff still ex- it does exist. I have a friend who's really into it. He has like a fucking seat that vibrates and shit, and like, I, Infinity and and fucking like the whole setup and shit. But uh, so people are into it. It's just, it's interesting because that has gotten. 
you know, there's no Nintendo. I mean, I guess Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> they have the little the Nintendo had the little fucking steering wheel that you could stick the Wii in and hold in the air. But uh, yeah. like back in the day, you could get like a fucking Mad Cat steering wheel with cruising USA on N64. You don't really see that type of shit too much. I feel like anymore. Or it exists, but it's just it's kind of priced higher mm. for that mm. hardcore niche audience. Um, yeah, and I feel like that's where all this VR stuff is going to land somewhere in the area of you know people who are into racing games and and shit like that. People who can afford that, uh, but they're pushing for it to be this big mass accessible thing. But they haven't priced it that way. Mm, no, not at all. But uh, yeah, it, it's I, I playing card games like especially like things like Forza or oh man, I wish Burnout would come out. This would be the perfect time for something like Burnout to oh, come back. God, mm. that would be so fun though. That might that might uh, be sort of connected to a story we'll talk about later, where yeah. people might have heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But uh, to kind of speaking to uh, Lionel, you, you, you had a prediction when in the next article is also from GameIndustry.biz. <clears throat> the Jesse Shell is a very popular game designer. And at GDC, he was giving one of, he was giving a talk and he made like 40 predictions for VR and, and AR. And a lot of them, I, I, I felt pretty. I mean, like, uh, Mike, what did you think about some of his predictions? I think he was on point with a lot of them. Uh, yeah. Well, we're not going to I mean, go through all 40 of them, but, I mean, like... Which why not? Mean? You want to go through all 40 of them? Uh, <laughs> just, just name them off rapid fire. Some, some of them are really quick. Let me pull up the thing and look at it. If we're not going to name them. <laughs> uh, like, uh, the very first one is... was. And at this, this is great because at this point it makes sense. This isn't some fad. It's going to stay. VR headsets are in the market permanently uh, starting this year. Of course. Yeah. He said that. Uh, it makes me wonder if it's... Is it... Is it... He also made another point somewhere else that... I think he said something about we've bored the consumer or some shit. Yeah, where was that one? Um, and I sort of halfway agree with that and halfway don't. But it makes me wonder if is this whole thing going to be escapable, you know? Mm. Like, I have to play every Kojima game, no matter what. I'm a fan of his work. Is there going to be a Kojima VR game that's like essential for me to play? Like, am I going to like have to play that? Are they? And he also made some. He said like Madden is going to have a VR support, and that that makes sense. But I feel like that could easily be something that shits itself. You know? Well, it's it's kind of what uh, because like the. Football teams and all that, they're already actually using VR right now to actually really make the whole uh, just training experience better and simulating things so that players can actually get an understanding of the field and whatever. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the next Madden game really took advantage of that stuff because they're already starting to take advantage of it right now. Right. Well, the NFL is. Sorry. NFL, I'm, yeah, I should have just said that. What one. I'm saying is... is yeah. uh, 
you know, with the history of shit like Madden and Call of Duty, is like this shit could easily be, you know, oh, here's some move support. Mm-hmm. Remember how great move support was in every fucking VR game? Or even like six axis support in mm. games. Like, it's just something that you turn off or like don't even use. Um, mm. And that's something that a lot of people are going to try to. He, he, another thing he said that was interesting was about the, uh, by a certain date, we'll have a VR specific genre. Um, and that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it as a genre and not just the next step. I want to like, you know, I like, basically I want to like have the cake and eat it. I want to be able to do this VR yeah. thing, but not necessarily be forced into it. Well, that's not what he was saying is that, that you know, it is sort of a new medium. What he means by that yeah. is like, there will be a specific genre of game that only or or works best in VR. Mm. Um, but that makes me just kind of ponder, because there's another thing he said about, uh, he, he referenced Dante's Inferno. Like, I guess, I guess how that story is, is Virgil leads Dante around or something. He was like, oh, you know, this will be a, a big step in, you know, narrative is being led around by someone else. And, when you say shit like that, it makes me go, well, why is this really that different than playing in FPS? Like, with with a different, con- you know, method yeah. of controlling the camera. That, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it is, it, it's just a more immersive version of first person. But, like, I like this idea at the very least because it, it was something I was thinking thinking to myself about in regards to VR. It's like, what can you do with this? And I think you're going to have a lot of people just trying to translate things directly into VR. Like, okay, hand this guy a gun, and now it's a first-person shooter, but you pull the trigger and you move around and this and that. And I want to yeah. say some of the crazy gifts you guys showed me, there was, like, like a weird treadmill so you could run. but like you could actually you've got more so you can actually do a lot less like like you're looking into this first person you could just have a game where you've got a um well i suggested this in the previous episode like where the shooting is just quick drawn you're watching for small movements mannerisms whatever that indicate they're going to draw or imagine a poker game in vr now you're looking for tells visual ticks like fidgeting weird stuff you can make the gameplay a lot more simple and just uh utilize this new perspective mm. at least that's, that's something i'd like to see with this you can, yeah. you can basically make games out of things that wouldn't normally be games through this yeah that's kind of and you touch on a point there which makes me i guess what i'm kind of getting at is kind of all the stuff what I'm picking out on is all the stuff that he's saying is like he's saying there's going to be a specific genre that works best in VR Uh, he's saying you know dealing with another person and then he mentioned that there'll be new forms of social media I feel like somewhere in that realm I think he's on to something where 
it's just jumping into a, an environment with another person. Like honestly, like playing co-op games with Joe cables, like we we do it all the time. Like it's the funnest shit because it's just we're two people like in a new environment, exploring and like shooting things or whatever the fuck. But it's just like to be exploring this world with another buddy is like the funnest shit to me. So what he's saying is kind of at least what I would hear what I think will happen is, you know, some sort of not even really MMO thing, but just exploring a world with a, another person. Um, and there's another article that kind of talks about the dark side yeah. of that. It's, it's in there. Um, but so, yeah, I think his whole list is very matter of fact, matter of fact, but if you you can kind of step back and look at the bigger picture of what he's predicting, of what it might actually look like, or what it should look like. Yeah, I mean, I, I also like a, a bunch of the stuff that he's saying is already starting to happen. Well, it's probably come very close to happening. Like the documentaries will be the first VR films to win major awards. I mean, there is one or two documentaries happening right now that are filmed entirely using to be set up to work with VR really well. And of course the porn industry, as we know, is already taking full advantage of that. So it's, yeah, there's other yeah. crazy stuff happening. Somebody, yeah. somebody straight, straight boned Sailor Jupiter at that conference. Yeah, that was weird. And this, he makes number 11, which is sad to say, but uh, media will blame at least one mass shooting on a VR game. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm, that's, we all know that's gonna, that's going to happen. Yeah. They, they blame them on everything else. So yeah. it's interesting. He says by 2017, and that makes sense. Mm. Uh, although, <laughs> I know, media, I think, is their influence is dwindling as social media takes rise. But yeah, and then now they're getting desperate, so they're going to latch on to shit like that. Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Who knows? But I, I think it'll be kind of a blip. Like, I feel like somebody tried to accuse something of shit like that, like within the last year and it didn't really pan out because I think people are pretty much they're at the point where they're smart enough to realize comic books don't send children on rampages. Yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, it's other things that play a much bigger role in that. Um, uh, he, I, was, yeah. I like that he mentions AR a lot too. I mean, VR has been a huge discussion this week and just overall, but AR is starting to pick up steam a lot too. I mean, with uh, the Microsoft HoloLens and there's a whole bunch of other startups popping up that are really focusing hard on making AR work really well, which is actually a lot harder to do than VR. VR just has the tracking and getting that right, but AR has to deal with like mapping of an entire area and physical objects and making sure things are, you know, like lay on top of each other correctly. So that, that area is a lot more difficult to make mm, work really well. So I hope that area grows. There's a lot of interesting things that can come out of that. I want to see, I want to see monster, not just like monster fighting games, but monster breeding games come back via AR. I won't say that's a prediction. That's more hope. And then 35, I, I like this one. Gamers will have 
gamers who are really hardcore will customize will have custom lenses to screw into their VR headsets. I could totally see Valve like just supporting that sort of thing, like opening it up well, and just allowing you to kind of tinker with it. It makes sense. I mean, you have people who mod arcade sticks. Yeah. With like, you know, various parts from different companies and it it stands to reason that you'll see some some modding on the VR end. It's going to get crazy. Oh, and thank God, number 38. By 2025, there will be no more corded VR systems. Man, I, I cannot I, I cannot hope for that. I, I want that to come so fast because with the, when I tried the Oculus Rift, the most annoying thing with that was this big-ass cord that was always getting in my way when I turned my head around. It was so annoying. So, they want it to come so fast. <laughs> I mean, and you, you think someone's going to accidentally strangle themselves with that thing? I could see that happening because the, the demo I was playing, it was a, like a survival horror game where I was in some sort of big open field or whatever, and I had to keep turning my head around and moving my body around. And the the problem with it is that I would feel really immersed and really into it, and I would be, I would be feeling it. And then out of nowhere, I would start my head would start kind of leaning in towards the cord, and I would get pulled out of the experience. Like, what the fuck is this thing? It's just oh god, and it's just it messed up everything. So it hurts the experience as well. It's just we need the mobile VR to come fast because it's just it, keep the experience better. Well, there was a lot more other stuff. Uh, a lot of other predictions and things he was saying. Mm, yeah. Good lectures. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Chasing around phantoms in your house. He thinks only kids will do it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely uh, worth a read. Uh, all right. So the next. <laughs> yeah? You think, hold on. I'm still going through this. All right. Go for it. Mm. He thinks that gamers are going to start getting. I think what he means by this is he thinks gamers with glasses are going to start wearing narrower glasses uh, so that they can use it with VR. I don't know about that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's... Wait a minute. No. By 2018? That's a oh, bit... Oh, I, that, I think that's what he means by screwing lenses into the headsets. Mm. So, so, like... People who are really hardcore will just get custom lenses to fix, <laughs> to fix their, their eyesight into the headset. Oh, jeez. That's clever. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. No, we can't. 39 and 40 are fucking. He thinks that we're going to have. By 2025, we're going to have robots that, that hold textures out in front of you so if you reach out to touch a brick wall in the game <laughs> the robot will see you and hold out some bricks so that it feels like you're really <laughs> touching the wall uh, it's, it's gonna reach behind it and pull it out uh. Is this, he says that robots will first come into the home to serve as VR companions I can, oh, I can see that happening I mean, we're, by twenty twenty five. Wait, is that what the date he says? Twenty twenty five. I mean, they're already like in Japan and stuff. They're all they already have little butler type robots that do help doing little small tasks, but not to the extent that he's. <laughs> I think they're going to need more time. <laughs> That's fucking weird, man. 
Hey, times are changing fast. Though. I want to touch these bricks. <laughs> you could have walked into somebody's house and be like, man, why you got a brick, a cement block, some carpet, a piece of floorboard, plywood, <laughs> sand, a bucket of water, it's a metal sheet. It's called immersion. <laughs> Yeah. Weird pile. Foley artist? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he he says a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. He he thinks it's intense. Uh, Still there, Mike? And is probably working on a. Oh, you're breaking up. VR. Hello. Yeah, you're breaking Can up. Can you hear bit. me? You're better now. What were you saying? He says that he thinks Nintendo's working on on a portable, self-contained VR system. Eh, I mean, at this point, everyone is making a goddamn VR headset, so I would not be surprised. Yeah. So yeah. Nintendo's are the uh, N- Nintendo's. Nintendo is the 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 king of the uh, portable uh, handheld game. So uh, maybe. No, I don't. I, I, I don't even think it's. Thing. I don't even think it's a maybe. I think it is going to happen. I mean, at, at this. I mean, they they see it. Well, they, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. He's saying that they're working on it now. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure they're working on on something because they're. Reggie was like, you know, he was all coy about it a year ago, but it's like, they, yeah. Yeah. Another thing he said was that once, once Sony, Sony sells 10 million units, uh, Microsoft's going to jump in on it. (laughs) And he's, I think he said he thinks that'll happen a year into it. Uh, Uh, I don't know. See that happening? Uh, I might have. I I closed it already, but I don't know what the time frame he gave was. Yeah, uh, it's twenty. He said by twenty seventeen. When it yeah, off, let's see year from now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I could maybe see that happening by twenty eighteen or nineteen because they're so focused on Hololens right now. So maybe mm. like a year, oh, for, yeah. like a year out. So. I could see it by Are 2018. They I haven't heard shit about that. They were talking about it a lot at GDC and also just in general, they've mm. been talking a lot about it. They're going to be, they just released developer kits, so they're getting prepared to get it out there. Yeah. So, it's a thing still. We'll see. We'll see. So there's a lot of <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> there's so much happening yeah. right now. All right, so this next, next one is. The the Star Wars game we were actually we kind of mentioned a little bit before, <clears throat> and what's great about this is that it's uh, it was called Trials on Tatooine. Did I say that right? I did say that right. right. Mm-hmm. It's made by Industrial Light and Magic, and I mean to have any other. I mean, to, <laughs> I'm so happy these guys are working on VR because they're gonna they're really gonna take advantage of everything and i mean and they know gonna the Star blow Wars. Our cocks off. oh it's mine's already blown off my friend they they know what they're doing and and mixing it with star wars they got this yeah. Yeah. That video oh, yeah, is... 
Yeah. You know, that's, I could see that if this, you know, if they had like a kiosk at every McDonald's <laughs> and one of the things you could go to was like fucking damn Star Wars, like that would be, that's a really, that could be really important to oh, to v, to vr to like sell it this could be you know remember when we used to go to fucking toys r us and pull mario's face <laughs> on yeah. 64 yeah that could be this if people's first experiences are magical like this like putting on a headset and walking around the millennium falcon or something like that God, that's that's huge to me this is this like should blow everything else out of the water, you know. Yeah, and um, out of all companies to do it, I think they're the ones that are really going to get it right, or at least push things in the right direction. So that's got to yeah. be excited. I mean, just the the video, just the video. It's good. Looking at it, yeah. it was just like, damn! I want to do that. Like, I can't. I've seen Star Wars my entire life, but like stepping into that world, a new planet, that would be, I imagine it'd be a great feeling. Oh yeah. Finally get the lightsaber battling right. Well, I'm sure they've done it anyway. Yeah. It, it, it'll be fun. It'll be good. Lionel, did you get a chance to see the video? Nope. But it sounds cool. Yeah, it is. It's the future. It's the future. You'll finally get to be a Jedi. Uh you mean a Sith oh well I'm not that surprised so the next article is um, I, li- I actually really like this one a lot is from game industry is again is uh, VR devs call for restraint on hor- horror games and jump scares and this whole article was uh, about a panel at GDC with a bunch of room scale VR developers so they're focusing on just making really big, huge experiences that just really kind of immerse you in the experience. I mean, like deeply into the experience. And they were all kind of talking about how they feel like there should be a point to uh, when it comes to how you want to scare um, the actual the player. And from going from a jump scare to what they were calling, I really love this line, to like a, a survival scare. I think that's what they were calling it. Where it's just there's like a where there's a certain point to when you scare someone where it's just, it's fun and exciting. It's like you like it and it's enjoyable to the point where you're scaring them, where it's just, it's terrifying them and it's making their heart race and it's not a good feeling and it's no longer fun. I think that's what they were trying to say that we need to, as developers, they need to think about that and really kind of set a standard to it almost. I mean, uh, what do you think? What do you think? Like Mike, do you think there should be (laughs) a point with this kind of stuff? Uh, what do you mean by a point? Sorry, you I kinda, mean like I kinda, a limit? Yeah, a limit. A limit to how far you should go when it comes to VR and scaring somebody. Maybe uh, restraint is probably what they're calling for. Right. <laughs> a good game teaches you its uh, mechanics slowly, so by that the end of the game, you're lo- using everything uh, intuitively and without thinking, and you've mastered everything. So what I... I think there's maybe some responsibility to to build a player up to these bigger scares, like work them up. Basically, I think there's potential for this to to actually help people. In psychology, one of the ways people overcome 
they, they call it like exposure therapy. It's a way for people to overcome fear. And I think there's potential to do that here. The way it works is basically if you're afraid of elevators, you walk past the hallway and look at the elevator. Then, you know, then a little later you get closer and then you get closer and then you go in and then you come out and then you go in, you write at one floor and then you go in, you write a couple floors. And basically after a while, you're you're not afraid of elevators anymore. So I think uh, even I think games would be like VR could be actually pretty helpful for that sort of thing. But as far as even just taking that basic principle and turning it into your sort of design philosophy uh, works. So maybe you don't start out with a giant scary shit. Maybe you build up the player's confidence uh, to get to that point where they see a giant monster, they they don't freeze up and freak out, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I also really think at this point, game ratings are going to be really, really important because yeah uh because unlike before where you know, it was grand theft auto they're shooting killings and all that it, you know the ratings would tell you that's what's in there but i think considering the experience you get with vr compared to before that it needs to be very clear to the player to let them know this is what they're going to be experiencing because it's going to be a lot more intense and a lot more stressful mentally and physically versus if it you know, that if they were just playing a game how yeah. it is now so well it's it's not just your actions now you're actually seeing your actions through your own eyes hmm. um yeah but um in regards to regards to the whole jump scare thing i do want to play devil's advocate for half a second and say that a bad jump scare or mediocre so so sticks with you for a minute a good one We'll stick with you for the whole game, which is to say, I mean, let me use Resident Evil as an example. Like, I think the first time you see a dog, one of those zombie Dobermans, it jumps through the window clear out of nowhere and comes running at you. It is instant panic mode. And I spent maybe not the whole game, but a sizable portion of it afraid that that thing was going to jump out at me again. Like, there's... There's an art to it, I guess I should say, in regards to the whole jump scare thing. But there's also yeah. there's also a danger to it, though, like a safety issue that if, like you were just well, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I joked about it before. Yeah, you can straight up give somebody a heart attack though. And, and uh, I, properly warning people about these things, yeah, not even necessarily. I mean, maybe for some, you could very well have a visual indicator of a jump scare coming for someone who's got a weak heart if you still want to try and let them in on the experience but also just warning of jump scares in the game of sudden whatever you may who knows we may have some games where you have to get medical clearance for it I mean, it's i mean you, you <laughs> laugh I, but it's I true doubt that. no i, I believe it's, that. I mean, um, this is this seems like the stupidest thing it's just a common sense thing it's like you don't put grandma on the roller coaster it's like if if what grandma, if grandma wants to get on the roller coaster? Well, then if she dies, she's the, a grown ass woman. If she dies, it's not Great America's fault if she has a heart attack. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just like I can't really see this being too big of a problem. I you know, people that don't like horror don't go to see horror movies. Yeah. Well, um let me well, let me jump on something maybe kind of connected to what you say and this is something I'd like to see in regards to that is a game which features jump scares prominently. But much like how you said, like, you know, a, a game where you have some big monster, normally you freak out and run and kind of like building you up to the point where you're ready to take it on, is a game that has an element like the jump scares, but gets you to the point where you're not afraid of them anymore. Hmm. I mean, if you're going to buy the game and you know that there's a, that there's going, to, it's going to be scary, you know, it's a horror game, then. I mean, it's as long as it tells you, unless you know what you're going to be going into, then yeah, it's not really anyone's fault except your own. You knew what you were getting into. So yeah, I mean, if it does become a big deal and people do start trying to sue other people and say, blah, 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 I'm in the hospital because of this or that, whatever, it's really, it's not, it's your own fucking fault. So. I mean, there's, there's, there's an element of this, like, um, I don't know if I should invoke this on the show since there's sort of a negative stigma attached to it, but I think we've all seen the term trigger warning somewhere. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> as much as it's yeah. kind of become a means of poking fun at social justice warriors, like you can't, you could potentially run into situations where a VR experience does set, set you off in some way or another. And there's kind of, I mean, hey, hell, it happens to me with movies sometimes. I think yeah. I'm joking about certain talking about certain films where it's like the scene just made me cry like a little bitch, clear out of nowhere, and not like sort of in praise, but also just like it hit something in me. And I think we, you got to accept that something like this is going to happen from time to time. Yeah, I mean that's going back to the whole conversation, like. That's a whole other topic, uh, trigger warnings. But you know, the idea that a game can can uh, make you stronger by by exposing you to what you're afraid of is, is an interesting thing. But uh, but also, it is kind of just a fact of life that you're gonna run into shit that you don't like or that's going to elicit a reaction from you. Um, but you learn to to deal with that sort of thing like i like when i watched jessica jones there was a point where i was just like it definitely triggered me but i wasn't mad at the show for that you know i wasn't i i knew i knew the the subject matter going in so i kind of was like yeah this might happen but it's fine i'm gonna do it anyway uh so it's it's kind of like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I, uh, I guess I don't really have a problem with trigger warnings. I think it's just an, an egg and it's like an extra layer of, Hey, this is, this contains this. So, but, but yeah, I mean, like you, you were saying, Joe, like just put a label on the box, you know, it's, it's not that big of a, a deal. It's when they, when they talk about the, the gamer in general, that's, like a, it's a broad scope, but really you have to look at it back and look at this is what this developer is talking about for their audience. They they want maybe a wider audience, and maybe there's another horror developer out there 
that will develop for a smaller, more niche audience that likes, I don't know, fucking torture porn or like being scared shitless. Maybe they get off on that. And yeah, so there's, there's a market for everything, you know what yep. I mean? That's what makes the video game industry so great. There's so many different kinds of gamers out there. I mean, Manhunt wasn't really yeah. my type of game. So and that that really is that was a different kind of game. Oh my torture torture yeah. porn. Yeah. It wasn't super into um, yeah. I, I, I kinda I kinda like the use of like uh skeezy ass VHS footage, but <laughs> not necessarily not necessarily in a snuff film themed game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wide range of different things. Uh, so <laughs> this next one, well, I shouldn't even be laughing. Don't laugh at this, Joe. The, ne- the next article is online harassment <laughs> in virtual reality is way, way, <laughs> way, way worse. Straight, straight up a uh, VR griefing. Is that yeah. what we're talking about? But, but I mean, in the, in the article, they were detailing. Did you read the article? I did. It, there's. Uh, no, I'm talking about Joe. Oh, okay. Did, did you, Lionel? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't have time to read much of anything. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I actually wish I could have been at this particular talk or panel or whatever, because they were, I mean, apparently he was showing off some pretty graphic examples of uh, potential harassment that inside of virtual reality. I I think one example he was giving was a scenario where you're being groped and someone's coming up to you in your personal space and kind of touching you and making suggestive Mm. motions with their hands and, I mean, I, I really started after reading this. I really started thinking about it. And that's terrifying. I mean, if we thought cyberbullying yeah. was bad now, the things that could happen. Oh God! In virtual reality. Yeah, just, I mean, the whole article was. I got uncomfortable like yeah. reading about it. It was basically he. He had this guy, and this he brought this woman on stage, and they had a virtual interaction mm. through VR and. And afterwards, like, he was, like, you know, doing all this shit to her. But afterwards, he was, like, I feel, like, grimy. And he was, like, saying that he was, like, apologizing profusely for doing this demonstration on her. And I think she actually said that it kind of it kind of was a little damaging mm. to, to, to go through that on stage. But, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so he was basically calling for there to be, for this to be considered, you know, like – have a feature where you can put a bubble around your character that either makes you characters disappear when they get too close or or just blocks them from getting too close if you don't want them to but uh, yeah. it is it is it's fucked up that we have to think about these things because when i when i think of like you know any number of women that are uh in the public eye for being harassed it's just like you know, is it's like probably people like like Anita Sarkeesian and like Zoe Quinn and all these other people are gonna probably who have dealt with all this shit are probably gonna think about you know do I even want to make my avatar a female if I enter a virtual space or do I even want to enter this kind of space at all mm. like mm-hmm. and and those people are are like high profile targets but even just like low profile like gamers in general just like i mean we we all know how people have to shit talk and and everything or or dudes get fucking gross and sleazy when they're in games with when a woman shows up 
but uh, I don't know. Mm. But, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm, it's nice that somebody fought to bring this up before <laughs> the like this sort of thing has even become an issue. But it's fucked up to think that it probably will be at some point. Yeah, I mean, if we thought teabagging was bad, I can't even. I don't even want to imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Oh. yeah. Teabagging's no. funny. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> not, not when you've got to look at them things coming down on you in first person. No. Mm-hmm. No. It, but but I, th- I think it is really important for game designers to really start thinking about this stuff. I mean, we are very early in all this, and it's it's crazy all these different... I mean, these are great talks that are all these different topics related to, to virtual reality, but it's just it's crazy thinking about all these areas that now need to be thoroughly thought out and planned for, and it's it's going to... Well, uh, when you consider that like, these issues have not been resolved in every other area of gaming. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're going to have, it's infinitely more horrific when it's like experience, like, like when you're trying to create a lifelike experience and now you've got this extra element. Now you can like see yourself be fondled by somebody or like assaulted or you're like running. You look behind you, the person's chasing you and they're screaming racial slurs at you. Yeah, it's the the crazy thing is like if going into those spaces. I would imagine getting shot in in VR is not as traumatizing as someone coming up and fondling you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, well, that's just so. Like, I think I think the being shot is actually programmed into the game, whereas the fondling is like a, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't solved these issues in reality, so no, no. of course they're going to yeah. carry over into the digital space. That's they're they're going to they're gonna carry over more into the digital space because it's like, as much as people use video games as an outlet for certain things, like like I'm sure we've all used the game to vent, just just like gone on a rampage and killed God knows how many innocent people in like GTA or something like that. Like mm-hmm. if the feelings people have that they're trying to like release in these games are sexual in nature and there are like real human targets to go after. Yeah. Maybe not everyone who's using this as an avenue for, for that. They're going to go after actual people. Yeah. Uh, the Another point I should bring up is that Maybe it won't be. I mean, it'll definitely happen because people are fucked up and weird. There's some weird people out there, but it maybe, might be too. Maybe it might be it might be that rampant. Uh, you know, depending on how far we see. Because if you look at Second Life, I mean, I mean, Second Life had a red light district. Yeah. So if you're if you're into weird shit, there might be spaces for you to go. And, do weird shit where people are into that type of shit so maybe it will kind of balance itself out mm. but uh yeah uh, but yeah we will definitely need the, <laughs> the, the tools to combat this shit that this guy was talking about yeah I, li- I like the the instant blocking idea that that could probably help a lot yeah. immediately just yeah. b- remove them huh. well 
what was the next one? Uh, oh, yes. Okay. So it's kind of like um, if you could like physically interact with a person's avatar in VR, that would have to be something you should. That seems like something that should have to be enabled rather than disabled. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, like opting it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That. Yeah. That probably a good idea. Um, so the next article is from Ars Technica and it's uh, Oculus Rift preview event suffers from VR tracking woes. Hmm. This is so, okay, let me, so basically what was happening was, uh, there was a journalist and he was talking about that and he was put into a special preview event for some, using the, the latest version of the Oculus and playing a whole bunch of game demos and apparently he was having a lot of head tracking issues within the the headset that he was using and it wasn't consistent and he couldn't really tell when it wasn't working or when it was it just he just all he knew that he was feeling really queasy and and, and he started to feel getting like headaches and it, it just wasn't the whole experience just was, was not good and uh and when he asked them about this particular issue and if they were solving it he didn't really get a straight answer from them so that's a bit scary they're about to launch this headset and they still have this type of issue that could potentially make people sick. So yeah, well, I thought it, I remember it saying something about that they were aware of it or or something. But, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so go ahead. As yeah, it's just one of those. It's another one of those things where it's you see you know like connect or move or the Wii shit. Uh, it's all demoed in a very prepared environment so far. Um, so especially with PSVR, since it's going to be the most accessible, mm. um, it is priced pretty high. So I think the audience there will know what they're doing when they set this shit up. But you are throwing uh, quite a few different parts that rely on each other and probably need to be placed in specific points. Uh, out into the wild and saying here set this up and hopefully it works but there's i mean we know there's people people find all sorts of ways to fuck shit up or not Mm. set things up right or so i know this is another we'll see article (laughs) yeah in the article uh one of the game companies that uh, for one of the demos that he was that he was doing, they were saying that they had encountered the issue, and they said they told Oculus that they knew that it was the issue existed, but they just weren't very clear like when on the roadmap they were going to fix it. And since they're launching it fairly soon, uh, I'm assuming it's going to hopefully be fleshed out by then, hopefully. But yeah, it is definitely another wait and see. But I really hope they fix this problem like at least put it on the top of their priority list because if they don't it's going to make people sick very easily and that was one of the biggest issues with VR so mm. hopefully because I know I definitely got sick with it and I started and after I after playing a game for like five minutes I had to take the headset off and even then for like ten more minutes I felt really sick and quizzy and dizzy and dizzy so that's <laughs> it was very uncomfortable and I need so some quizzy Queasy. Asking, asking a lot of trivia questions to people. It's, it's queasy. It's, a, it's, a quick, it's quick and dizzy. Quick and dizzy. It's when you get dizzy really fast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
And I had some uh, some coworkers who were just throwing up with it, and it, it just it wasn't good. Really, they're throwing up? Yeah, I watched them, and they, they were Dude. we were in the kitchen. They were throwing up, and others were having headaches, and it, it was pretty it was pretty bad. You, you sure this isn't the virtual boy? No, no, no. And I mean, it's just some people just couldn't take it. And I mean, the demos they were doing were the roller coaster ride, which is probably why. And yeah. also the survival horror game I was playing. And there was one more demo that they were playing too. But yeah, they were getting sick, like bad, really bad. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, this <laughs> it's going to be really funny to see just the first two weeks of news articles after the first VR headset launches to consumers. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of like, uh, those first couple Wii articles where it's like man throws Wiimote through TV. Yeah. Yeah. All that type Wiimote of goes shit. Flying through a window. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of clips of people throwing up. Uh, mm-hmm. uh next article from the verge. Microsoft will allow the Xbox gamers to play against PS4 and PC players. So they finally opened up their uh, their platform. God damn time. Yeah. It's about uh, god damn time. Ugh. So this Just, the article says is that they they've been doing it with PC for a while. Mm. Uh PS4 has done it. Microsoft basically said that I think Rocket League or something, or maybe some other games. It's right. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna allow this to connect to other consoles. They didn't say any specific consoles, but basically, what it sounds like is that if the if the developers and the publishers can figure it out to get it all working, then they don't have a problem with or are even encouraging it. Yeah. So it hasn't actually happened yet i don't think no it's just a lot of <laughs> just a lot of them just saying that we're on board for this we're we're open to doing it right mm. and the next article is sony's response where they basically just said we're also yeah. open to doing it they said sure yeah yeah but uh, if you're down we're down it, but in the article it, it was kind of funny they didn't uh they didn't say specifically that we're open with Microsoft. They just said we're open to doing it. So. Yeah. Well, Microsoft said the same thing. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't mention Sony at all. So it's funny. So it's <laughs> it's coming. It'll it'll happen. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It's another step closer to to having one PC uh, console yeah. in the living room. The one machine. Yeah. Remember yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been over console wars since my beloved uh, Dreamcast died. What if I told you, Lionel, it was coming back? Would you believe me? Um, honestly, I'd only care because then I could get one of those uh, white long sleeve Dreamcast shirts on the cheap again. Okay, all right. <laughs> I didn't even know they sold those. Where did you even get that? Um, I almost got one at some weird Sega event going on in Japantown years back that I dragged Mike to, but we didn't get there in time. He didn't drag me there. Um, yeah, I didn't drag you there. I just told you about it. And you said okay, but like, <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to go with the story that makes me the total weeb and you the suffering best friend. 
Uh, not really. I remember I was really stoked because I knew Sega was going to be there, and it was the tiniest little stand. <laughs> yeah. so you got free shirts. I don't. I don't know what happened to my shirt. I, I I think I lost mine eventually. That was my like preferred sleeping shirt for. Yeah, I remember seeing you wear it a lot. <laughs> he loved that shirt with the hoodie. I yeah, did. Hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of became came a thing where it's like I wanted every shirt I slept in to have a hood on it. <laughs> After that, oh, I kind of want to see that shirt now. All right. You know, I, I it nope. works because we're both. I've been doing that too, but I do it with hoodies. Uh, it's because we're bald. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's that plays a big role. Pillow gets cold. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It uh, sucks. Bald problems. Paul, uh, so next article by Polygon. GeForce Now. NVIDIA's Netflix for Games expands with Sega and Warner Brothers. So it's like on live. That's pretty much all it is. It allows you to stream a bunch of games on your PC. and Except not because you have to have their proprietary fucking weird uh, PC console thing. So it's like exactly like OnLive. <laughs> no, OnLive, on we no. used on PC. OnLive was Well, cool. you have to have yeah, a little I, proprietary I, box thingy too. No. No. You could do it on PC. Well, you, on your TV, you needed the proprietary yeah, box. Yeah, on your you, TV, yeah. In the beginning. But this thing doesn't even work on PC, right? Does it work on PC? Services for streaming PC games in multiple. Uh, you need their box. Yeah. You can't download it onto your PC and run okay. it. Okay. Um, yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a problem because that's like an initial investment I've got to like make and hope that there isn't like a input lag. Yeah. Yeah, is. Uh, and hope it, it was, doesn't shit itself to get like on live did. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like after a while we just had like Mike, what was it, like a monthly check in to see if we could play Splinter Cell or not. Well I mean I I mean shit itself to death by the company not existing at all anymore. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's that. Like we get, like, like the signs were there of shit just coming apart when, yeah. like, we couldn't. That was the primary thing we did with it. Is me and yeah. you would play, uh, would play Splinter Cell because at the time I had a computer that couldn't run Pac-Man, and being able to stream the shit to the computer meant I could actually play things closer to current gen games. It's, it's 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 a nice workaround to uh, a super like a, a expensive ass console or a beefy PC, just that like huge ass investment. But uh, you know, I don't know how it's gonna work, and I've got to like uh, make the purchase. And I don't know if there was some way for me to demo it, so, some way, which is why like having it having a, a PC means of like operating it even even if it's just to test it so yeah uh yeah yeah it it does not work on computers it only runs on nvidia shield products which is their portable shield device thingy 
and the Shield tablet and their Android TV console thing. Yeah, this is I, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> this isn't yeah. this isn't as great as uh, I thought I mean, it originally was. <laughs> I mean, case, it, it like I said, it is it is that workaround of here buy all this hardware, or buy this expensive ass box, but um. Mm. It's still kind of a risk. Yeah, you, we're, we're gonna need to, you're gonna need to get this this thing into some kiosks and some shit. <laughs> if you buy a game through their service, they just give you like a Steam key too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which is nice of them, but mm. so if you so if the they, service does shit you. itself, then I guess you have it. But hopefully you've upgraded your PC. Right. Yeah. Can I use the stuff I have on Steam already with this thing? That's an interesting <laughs> question. Uh, Can I, I now like buy the Steam games I can't run? It, yeah, there's just absolutely no reason for this to not run on a PC. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it's just an excuse for them to get you to buy their other products. Yeah, which is not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. It's not going to happen. How uh, is this? Who? It's Nvidia, so they have money to throw around, I guess. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, come on, guys. How much is it? How much is it? Yeah. Uh, I'm getting it. Where does it say the price? One. All Shield devices come with a free monthly trial of GeForce Now. After that, Nvidia's monthly subscription price is seven ninety nine. So it's a, the month. The, yeah, so, so when you buy one of their, so when you buy, so when you buy one of their devices, it comes with a three month free trial of the GeForce streaming service on it, and then from then on out, it's seven ninety nine. How much okay. are the devices? So one of the let me see here. Let's get this one. Their Android TV console thing. It's like one ninety nine. Let me go back. Mm. Do, 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 do. All three yeah, devices. No. All three devices. Yeah, all three devices cost one ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck right off the edge of my dick with that that shit. That's. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's and, just. Oh boy, and it gets better. So you'll also need a fifty nine ninety nine Shield controller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. I, <laughs> this is I should have read this. Uh, bucks. Yeah, I, uh, bucks to hold they, input lag. <laughs> what were they thinking? Like, God, no, three sixty controllers are plug and play on. God, and at, this, got... and in this, at this point, so are PS4 controllers almost. Yeah, PS3 controllers. No, I know. Uh, fell apart but they had the right idea you gotta do the pc first i was considering getting their little tv thing Mm. on live got me back in the game when i was basically stuck on this dinosaur computer i I want this to work but like ah. yeah i mean and and one of the the big announcements they made at uh, uh gdc was that they're absolutely they're also doing a developer program, so they're opening it up to indies to actually put their games on there, so you can start streaming those games, which is cool. But if you have Just, to buy all this stuff, what goddamn shit? Oh, oh. 
Uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's yeah. you're so close to doing something good. And you, yeah. Uh, mm. All right. So this is the the last article. That's just not the way to fix what was wrong with On Live. <laughs> they took no. all the worst parts and amplified them. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. That's it. You know, it, it would have been awesome to have a service like that because I have a Mac, and if I was able to stream all these games that are on the PC, I would have been. I would have. I would have loved that. It, it's it's like the more we talk, the more reason we find for this to like, mm. like, to work. Uh, but it, like, you gotta like. Yeah. I want to uh, uh, grab something, Mike. I want to grab something you said in in the old NAGP. You gotta pull your fucking cock out of your ass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what did Video? I say that about? I think you were, I don't remember what. I think you were telling that saying that to Nintendo. Like you said they had to pull cocks out of their asses. <laughs> Put the Wiimote out of your butt. But no. Uh, no. See, they can't call themselves the fucking Netflix of gaming because Netflix works on everything. <laughs> Exactly. You don't have to buy there isn't like a Netflix Roku that you have to go yeah. buy. Sure, Amazon has their own thing. But you can still get the Roku or go on your computer or do everything else that can get it to, to get it. You can go on yeah, your phone, you know. You can, well that's shit. It's it, I mean I, I joked about <laughs> them having their cocks in their asses, but it's actually apt because they're fucking themselves right now. Yeah. Mm. That was, now that I think about it, that would have been, that was where online missed their step. It was being just on the PC. It was, if they had gotten on live to be on, on consoles or, or on your phone or something. Well, yeah, they already had like the thing you could put on the TV. So the next step, I want to say they were trying to move towards the phone. They I want to say 100%. Yeah, yeah. like, what, that might be something we're talking about. Like, what happened there? Because well, it seemed like they had they, they had all the right ideas. Well, they ran out of money. It was too expensive. Uh, I think it also like, probably, probably got shut down a little bit because the perfect place for OnLive would have been on, on PS3 and 360. Um, but then you run into some problems there because then you're running PC games on your on your consoles and then if you want to get the consoles involved it's like you have to have them streaming then it's like you're on 360 and you're streaming PS3 games on, well, on your 360 so I can kind of see where they would hit like a legal wall there yeah, and it was just it was just killing them money wise because they had to make all those deals with all those companies to get all the games on their service, and just maintaining the service itself was an insane amount of money because of all the servers keeping them up and going and streaming. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, I mean, yeah. uh, too bad. I guess the. I mean, yeah. I guess the big problem is that the marketplace wasn't <laughs> ready for it. No, it's still evolving. We're inching forward with this cross-platform play and shit like that, but it's just 
for it to really succeed, and it should succeed in a in a world where uh, <laughs> that wasn't you know as tied up in red tape as it is. Um, it's just, we're just not there yet. No. Hopefully we'll get there soon because I still think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of Nintendo, uh, this last article we have is uh, Nintendo's first smartphone app is this is a social network pretty much. And uh, Lionel, did you get a chance to watch the video at all of them like walking through? It? There was some like a reporter walking through it. Excuse me. Uh, I'm playing through the game. It's basically just like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but just with your little me character and you can give them clothes and all that and play little uh, pachinko games and all that kind of stuff. I want it. Yeah. They're gamifying a social network pretty much. It's really awesome. It looks really cool. I want it. Yeah. This sounds cute. It is. It's it's, it's adorable. It's great. And, um, What's awesome about it is that you don't have to have a 3DS or a Wii or any type of Nintendo product. You can just sign in using your Facebook or Twitter account and just load in all your friends and go from there. So that's, that's dope. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. I want it. I want it. To, I haven't even seen it and I want it to. Yeah, it's it looks really fun. I like want like I, I want I want the the moment to happen. Where it's like you're introducing me to a new friend via this program, and it's like, oh, there's Lionel, and here comes this like motherfucking common rider <laughs> ass motherfucker with like maybe like a I don't know like like an afro or some shit. It's like the Matrix. We project. It's basically. We project what we want to look like. Yeah, it's it's a common rider with a fro and a championship belt. <laughs> um, like, yeah, that's the line right there. In uh, the me characters, yeah. they give you a lot of options. You can really customize the heck out of your me character, which is great. Yeah. So sad news. Mm. I don't think you'll be able to use it. Jumper cables. Is it is uh, well? It's it's going to be on the Apple devices. Uh, when I went to the, uh, the website to sign up, it said Android or iOS. Oh, really? Yep. They're doing Android? Yep. Whoa. I thought they were just, I thought their whole thing was just for uh, iPods, but that's crazy. I That blows my mind that Nintendo is moving into the Android space, too. Yeah, if you can go. It's almost like it's almost like they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can go to their site right now and just you put in your email, and they'll notify you when it's ready to go, and you can install it and play. So, yeah, it's I'm really excited about this. It looks really fun. Oh man, I mean, it's in Japan now, and then I believe next month or it's going to be it's here. It's here in now. All the well, fucking GDC fuckers have it. Yeah, for some crazy. reason. Yeah. So, good stuff. I'm glad Nintendo's doing this. Which is, is such a brilliant marketing move. Oh, yeah. Give it to all the games journalists first. Yeah. And build the hype. And they are building it. And it looks like it looks like they're having fun with it too in the videos. So Yep. Alright. <laughs> it's time for the topic. Oh, this crazy topic. Oh, uh Mike. Can you introduce us to this madness? Because it goes, it's, it's pretty crazy. It goes deep. Yeah. So hard and deep. 
Uh, as Jim Sterling often does. <laughs> so, basically, Jim Sterling is an Englishman who lives in, I think, Missouri. <laughs> but he does this great show called The Jimquisition. I love his work. He's very smart. He uh, is very funny. And he he does different he types of... bad ass shit. Uh, he does, but he's always right and justified most of the time. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. He's, he's good at it. He, you know, kind of he backs it up. I guess it's his it's his steez. He balances it with self deprecation and stuff. It's it's his. He's got a whole thing going on, but uh, he's great. But so he reviewed some developer's game a long time ago called uh, they're called Digital Homicide, and they made. They put out a bunch of shovelware, basically, um, and the guy's kind of still learning, I guess. Uh, they, they, he put out like five games last year, um, and Jim really tore into this one game and and kind of called it out on a bunch of shit, just kind of speculatively. Um, he did some research, you know. Uh, like one of the big things he found was that there's a blood splatter that was clearly pulled pulled from Google image search, which apparently the guy I guess bought from Getty. But apart from that, it was just lazy design because you could see that this this image wasn't cleaned up. It still had like PNGs, like artifacting and shit. Yeah, yeah, it just looks like shit. And a lot of the stuff is just cobbled together from pre-made assets, and it's just kind of lazy lazy design um he makes a big deal of that he did all the code too which is fine but it's like no man is an island this is why people make teams <laughs> uh and jim just like played the game and like talked shit about it and said you know you don't buy this it's bad uh and then the guy just fired back with his own video critiquing jim's video <laughs> and this uh, work it's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, and then <laughs> and and then Jim did another video, another response, and it's just it's this back and forth between the two of them, and then there's it's there's a podcast where they talk for almost two hours, just yelling at each other. It's insane. It's pretty amazing, um, but the guy just comes off as such a a baby and kind of an amateur he's just really he's trying to make it seem like jim like slandered or libeled him when it's not really the case and now at this point he's trying to take him to court for that oh man this is i go ahead lionel a couple of things that stood out because i listened to that interview as well is this is I talked about Jim being able to talk shit. I don't know if I should say this other guy can. He can definitely talk. He can talk his way. He like he can talk himself into so many circles that he somehow like positions himself to the point where he feels like he's got something over on you. Like I mean, he's very much yeah. the guy who needs to write and won't stop until he feels he is. Yeah. And. <laughs> The thing is, Jim just outclasses him so much on that interview. He just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 
It's crazy, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with that, that bear other... Simulator. Well, Bear yeah. Simulator. And, the one, and Ant Simulator. And, the one, and, and Ant Simulator. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bear Simulator is different on a couple of key points, though, but uh, I'll get back to that. Uh, go I, ahead. I, I feel like it's just another example of people not really knowing what they're getting into when they when they enter the creative the public creative space mm. or you know what i mean when i just entering this whole saga that you know to understand the whole thing you got to spend like a couple hours listening and watching videos and shit and reading mm. it's this guy just strikes me as someone who uh, let me put it this way: as a as a designer, like at this point, I know that I'm 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 good, and I know how I, the road that got me here, um, and I know the class that made me into a good designer, and the teacher that did it, and he did it by, uh, you know, telling us that all of our stuff was bad and telling us to take our work down off walls if it was that bad, um, and so. Going through that, it really gave me this. It really solidified my ability to take criticism and actually listen to people, what people are saying. And I think that's what you look at the best developers. Like you listen to Naughty Dog talk about people that talk shit about their work, or, or any of these people. Like any big studios, like head, like Neil Druckmann. Just go watch interviews with them, and they'll always say like, "Oh, you know, we." We, we look at the good feedback and the and the bad feedback because that's what we need. It's like people can talk shit as much as they want, but at the core basis of their arguments, there's always going to be – you can find similar threads of what they're basically saying. You know, Someone can post a, a really angry long rant uh, about, about something in your game, and it might seem like it's just an attack, but if you boil it down and strip it away, they're – what they're really saying is that maybe your UI isn't communicating what it needs to, or maybe this aspect of the game is confusing. Um, and then you take that information and then you use it to fix. Um, so, and these are like seasoned professionals, right? And this guy isn't that. And he stated that a few times um, as a kind of a defense as to why his games were bad. But what he's, thing is is that you know people like Jim are just going to exist like what you need to do is listen to what he's saying he 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 took it personally and then he made it personal uh, about Jim and then Jim was not having that and that's kind of how he got into this situation yeah yeah um second I'm, I'm to a minor degree play see I feel bad saying I'm going to play devil's advocate because it seems like I'm going to be like well let me just say that I can I think this guy was full of it based on some other this particular guy the uh, homicide whatever guy is full of it based on a couple of points namely the speed at which a lot of these games came out mm-hmm. And the uh, price points as well. I mean, your first game coming out for ten bucks. Um, 
I haven't created anything yet, but um, I do this thing where I think of myself as a creator, even though I haven't really put out anything to a professional degree. That being said, no matter how good I think it is, the first thing I make is going to be free. But um, it, I can understand the frustration in the sense that it seems like critics are in the safe space where they can basically say whatever they want about you and you just got to sit there and eat their shit. Um, if there was one point I was kind of interested on, and I think I've heard this sentiment uh, expressed by Kevin Smith as well, is that why can't we take a... They can say the, the, they've got all the stuff about you, why can't you say shit about them? So, the thing to keep in mind here is what they're... At least, oh, whoa, whoa. Lionel. You're like scratching yourself or something. It's you, going crazy. Yeah, are you moving around or something? or A little. Yeah, because whenever you do that, it, it yeah. makes some really bad sound. It's really muffling yourself. Uh, hold on. Hold on. The uh, mic was touching my face. That's what was going on. Mm. Okay. Now, I, I don't know what I was saying. He's saying something about Kevin Smith. Uh, well, it, he expressed a desire to take shots at critics the way they took shots at him, though there can be some <laughs> confusion in that, in the sense that um, you might think he's taking criticism personally and he's going to level personal attacks. But I think... Um, I don't know. I think there's there's just an element of frustration you sort of have to deal with, and maybe there's an unfair element to this that there's there's no getting around. Um, that being said, when you're dealing with negative criticism, I think rather than specifically looking at the loudest, angriest, or most charismatic critic, look across the board at people who are kind of objectively saying this or that, maybe loud-ass whatever, and people who may try to tell you this in a more sensitive manner, and look for what's consistent between them. But um, I kind of forget what my point was in all this. I guess I guess that I can kind of sympathize, not necessarily with this guy from the Homicide Games, but other people. Like my heart went out to the guy who made Bear Simulator because there's clearly a, a lot of work went into that one, and you had enough people willing to put money into it to say, "Okay, this is a good game. I want to see more of it." And one review sends it straight to hell. Granted, some of that is him taking it really hard. The other is, however, that here you have this big, larger-than-life personality saying, I don't like your game, and all the followers deciding to follow suit and just kind of attack. Yeah. I'm curious when that actually happened, though. Mm. Because it's like he dug this hole for himself. Basically, like if he would have just said nothing and not replied at all to Jim's video, none he wouldn't be. People would I mean, forgot. I, the initial video. Well, I didn't watch the initial video, but the initial idea of the video I found hilarious. But I don't know if that's when the personal attack started getting leveled. Like if it's one thing if he gets on there, makes a video, and then kind of like makes fun of the Jim Sterling 
persona, like his style of review. That would be one thing. I find the idea amusing. I don't know what it was like in execution. So, hmm. I don't know. So, <laughs> the number one thing that he did here that just just made this whole spiral out of control is he was just he was feeding the trolls. He just you, you don't like Mike was just saying, don't. I mean, he, the guy was inexperienced, yeah. right? He didn't understand. I mean, clear, his games clearly were not great. Everyone could see that. But yeah. he was inexperienced to the point where he is just some guy making games. He's not, he doesn't have, he doesn't understand yeah. PR. He doesn't understand how to interact with people when it comes to this sort of stuff. And, and, yeah. the, and when usually we don't have that type of training, your first response is always just going to be to fire back as, as aggressively as possible. And it's yeah. Just- well, um, let me just say that like, um, as much as we, uh, praised uh means through which people could make games easy without so many years of coding experience uh, creating art uh studying game design this is maybe the dark side to that in the sense that uh sure you don't have to spend all that time developing the skill set before you make this thing Maybe on an impulse, maybe on a whim, maybe it's just a, an honest and heartfelt desire of yours to do. Uh, like when you can put it out there, you can put it out there for a price point and have it be subjected to the whims of the millions and maybe billions of people capable of seeing it. Um, you know, you're not being prepared for how to deal with that. You're not necessarily being prepared for someone who's just going to like play this game and is maybe some special brand of psychopath will go out to get you. You might not be prepared for when this big personality gets a hold of it and tells people it's awful or just decides to make it a pet project or or all these things. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just, there's a, it's just there's so many things that he did wrong. Yeah. It's just yeah, no, you know, see, well, what I think he should have guy, done was he he really the, it's like you take the feedback and you put it into your your work. At least that's how I work. But <laughs> yeah. instead of doing that, he he's just like God damn, it's like I'm gonna make I'm gonna make like four more games of similar quality. Under a different name. It's like, yeah. it's like a two of them are the names, same game. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Just, yeah. And then he had a sequel come out... Bef- wait, was it before? Or <laughs> before the first game? Or it was something weird like that. It was like he had the first wait, game it out. Like and- he started working on another game before he put one out. So like... <laughs> His second game came out fourth or something weird like that. I I can't remember. No, no, it was... I'm talking about the game that was actually a direct sequel to another game. Oh, well... I think they came out within like a week of each other or something like that. Yeah, well, that was was one of the issues I was having with this guy is that like... And that's why shovelware was the perfect term for it is because like this guy could get better if he just took some time time was yeah. like my biggest issue with this guy so they were yeah. coming out within like weeks or months of yeah. each other it's like you know, a step the, back the funniest thing about this is that he's falling back on the <laughs> the very flimsy 
uh, <laughs> notion that we've seen other people use, which is his lawsuit is now about uh, ethics in journalism. Oh my god! <laughs> so he basically what the actual lawsuit is about is uh, Jim had something in one of his articles on the web um oh yeah <laughs> that ended up not being true the guy pointed it out and then jim fixed it um and apparently uh, i guess under arizona law maybe that it still can be considered like fixing it doesn't negate the, the damage or some shit uh it was the, was it the uh video where he he said he's a. Uh... Uh, conditioning a bunch of people to go out and attack. Uh, no, it was it was no no no. It was something s- specific in writing that he did that was about like I think it might have even been the thing about the the image, uh, like using the image. I think it said that he he was like pulling uh, stock imagery or or someone else's imagery and using it. Uh, without permission, I think is what Jim might have wrote, but then he corrected it to say that the guy actually did pay for the stock and use it in his game. Um, and a, that little window flub is what he's trying to get him on. Jesus. But uh, so yeah, it's just, I mean, Arizona, uh, we've seen some crazy shit come out of that place, <laughs> but I don't think that this is going to, this isn't going to hold up in court. And even if it does, it's just like, it, I feel like it's going to be so minor, but, uh, <laughs> Jim's not worried. No, he's, this guy is just drawing yeah. attention to himself. Unneeded attention. Yeah. So, bad attention. Yeah. yeah he, he, he's just kind of like thrashing at the air at this point. I mean, uh, w- once all this is all over, it, this isn't going to help the guy any. I don't. I don't know what he think he's getting. This is actually going to hurt him yeah. even more. So yeah. what is he getting he, out of this? He, he's, he's he's like caught up in his own. I don't know yeah. whatever. Whether it's it's like righteous Crazy. sense of indignation, or this feeling of being being right and justified, and how angry he is. It's like this. This is the yeah. time somebody somebody in his life needs to tell him to just take a take a step back or walk away from it or just like 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 mike said put it put it into his work i mean he want <laughs> how much easier would it have been for him to just make a game where you shoot jim sterling in the face <laughs> mm. <laughs> well that probably he i mean he kind of did do that <laughs> not exactly but he just you know made a video of personal attacks but it's just it's like to hear the criticism, like listen to it. It's, it's not, like don't shit out four more games of similar mm-hmm. quality. It's like, get a team together, put that effort into making something cohesive. And it's I don't know. He can't he can't take feedback. And it's this whole thing is it's very funny. So I, yeah. I mean, it's so, sad. Yeah. It's sad. It's really too much about Jim too. So I remember, uh, like, I was it one of the things in this interview where he was like, like telling Jim, it's like you, you, you just say all this bad stuff and you expect me to like thank you for it, and it's like you don't need to. He's not all you have to look to in regards to this. There's plenty of sure. There's plenty of people out there willing to offer you feedback that aren't gonna like 
yeah. make you feel <laughs> like like you can probably find some feedback that's a bit more sensitive to you, I guess. Yeah, or translate just what Jim said into nice it's talk. Just, I mean, if you if you don't like the way it comes from Jim, you can look elsewhere, yeah. but want to improve. Yeah, but you know, I I really just don't. Like, he's I don't like this guy. <laughs> I mean, he managed to insult me in this podcast by saying shit like uh, like Jim was a leech and insinuating that people who like oh so you oh yeah that, that by yeah. definition these YouTube uh, reviewers oh, yeah. leeches YouTube, basically insinuating that the entirety of games journalism uh, is made up of, of leeches because without video games existing, then video game journalism and, and game coverage media wouldn't exist. It's like, that makes you a leech. That, you need to like, Gentlemen, we are leeches. Trying to sit on this fucking high horse when, when you're yeah. the guy that's putting on the horseshoes. It's like, what the fuck are you... More, more like shoveling out the horse shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's just, it's just, he needs to. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if it was, oh, I did, oh, oh, we said something earlier. Uh, we talked about people pulling cocks out of their asses. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I didn't listen to the podcast. I mean, if it was just a yelling match. What was the point of it? Why did it even come about? Well, the guy, a, the guy invited Jim oh. to, to have an interview. Yeah, it, it was he, a, he, he came on the show basically saying that he was gonna like, like call Jim on his shit point for point and point for point he fell flat. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Well, I was, mean, he was trying to. He kept doing this thing where he would try and compare what he did to what. Jim does, and he kept making this this awful comparison about like his code holding all of these assets that he didn't make together was the same as Jim using uh, like stock photography and some of his gags or music. music. Yeah, the the thing about that is, is (laughs) Jim has a, I mean it. As far as design goes, Jim has a. I actually think uh, his intro, the design, the typography is is really bad. <laughs> and that intro, there's just the graffiti is super early two thousands and cliche. But but a, apart from that, you know, I respect it because it it has a look and feel, and someone put work into it. And you know, Jim worked with the. He, he got permission to use the the song. Um, not that this other guy didn't have permissions, but. He cobbled it all together and, and had a designer to do his logo and all of this shit, which, again, I think his, his logo needs some work. But Jim has a brand, a cohesive brand that he's built with all of these things and that it all fits together. Um, and he, he put some work into making that. Whereas this guy sort of... Did he? He had less of a hand. He basically just, you know, bought things and put them together. But yeah, I, not for nothing. Everyone's got to start somewhere, and I can, I can believe me, I can relate to the desire to not have to like, like, like you talk about Jim. He started, as far as I know, he started on uh, Destructoid, and not just in regards to writing, but he was actually 
part of the uh, one of Destructoids podcasts, and I was a guest on some of them. I used to listen to one of them, so he was a guy who got mentioned a lot, popped up a lot, um, like even as far back as like the I don't know, 2000s. I don't know when exactly I was listening to Retroforce go, but he's been at it for a long time, and I can yeah. understand not wanting to have to like start from zero and work your way up to the point that you actually want to be at when the capacity to start at the point you want to be at is there. But you still have to work your way up. Which yeah. is to say, yeah, maybe your first game isn't going to be worthy of a $10 price tag on Steam. But yeah. build up to that. Yeah. That's and, the, and, you, know, you know, take your time. That's the other thing that drove me crazy about the comparisons is that Sure, Jim makes money off ad revenue, and he has his Patreon and shit now. But at the end of the day, his his product that he is giving to me and most of his consumers is 100% free. Um, and this guy was trying to $10. He kind of did admit to learning something and lowering the price to like a dollar, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a bit better. But I still just think it's a really lame comparison to make that he was trying to draw between the two of them. Yeah, I think he's doing like bundles on his website. Maybe that's that's better considering the way these games get pumped out. But like, really, I've got a morbid curiosity to see this guy really put some time into something. Yeah, so does Jim. He kept saying that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I think he was. T- he told him near the end of the interview that I'll um I I'll be happy to see the day that you make a game that I can praise on my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just I don't under I just don't understand why spend all that time making those games when you know they're crappy. I mean, you know they're not great games, and well, yet you he, continue. He He's either in some serious ass denial, or I don't know if this is some kind of like weird marketing strategy. This guy may have some issues. Well, I mean, if you get yeah. uh, I mean, if he was looking at it from a marketing standpoint, where his thinking was that these games are shit, but I'll just keep turning them out so I get more visible, and then I'll finally spend that time to make that big game, and then everybody will know who I am, and then the, I can use that. But that's the only thinking. I, I, I mean, I, I don't. If there's, if there is a time to make for him to make a decent game, it's now. Actually, it, at this point, he's lost that. It's not. Even gonna, <laughs> it's not even going to matter. I mean, what this is is, this is one guy <laughs> with a skill that belongs in a in a team. You know, this is. Mm. Uh, this is the catcher trying to go practice without the pitcher. He he's just out there doing his thing, and he thinks he's good enough when he's really not. <laughs> not, and he's and the thing is to get he's not doing what he needs to to get good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. It's, it's the the whole thing is just, I mean, I, and Jim said something on Twitter he said what did he say he said uh, very coded language today I think he said um, everyone's the hero of their own story but it's the saddest part is when 
they don't realize that their story is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so this guy is, he's definitely got, I can hear it in his voice. He's got some other issues. Uh, he's stressed out about something else. He's, he's probably had a rough life or something. There's something going on there where it's, he feels the need to defend uh, him, himself from... Basically everything. Yeah. That's just too bad. <laughs> yeah. I hate to see people get... I don't think he'll get scared out of game development, but... Um, yeah, I, you know, it, and honestly, I think it... I feel like it almost like he looked at some of these bigger companies, you know, and said, well, I'm going to do that. Like they make shitty games and they make a bunch of money and then they have a a game that's good come out and they, they fund their money. They fund that game with the, the, the bigger shittier titles that are just cranked out. And I feel like maybe he looked at that and was like, I can do that. Like whether he has plans to make some grand opus, We'll see, but who knows? I mean, that tactic does work to some extent. I mean, you get, if you just keep churning out enough games, you'll get enough people following you. So, I mean, but the only thing that got screwed up here... Usually AAA companies. Well, no. Uh, what I'm saying is that you'll either get yeah. some sort of cult following or you'll get some... You'll get... You'll be able... If you turn out enough crap, you'll get enough people... We'll want to follow it. Talking law of like, averages here. Yeah, like just morbid curiosity or something. But what kind of threw everything off for him is that when one of his games was actually thoroughly reviewed, and, that, and that's the problem. And so he that plan, if that even was his plan, threw everything off. So, eh. that. Oh, Mike's breaking up a bit. You still there, Mike? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, you're back now. Hello? Yep, you're back. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. So. Just, I don't know. Hasn't this whole thing been going on for like over a, a year or something? Didn't it let's yeah. start like a year or so ago? It makes me a little while ago, and now he's, he's doing it for... Uh. I'm just mad that someone like Phil Fish leaves the industry while someone like this sticks around. You know? Yeah. Where's the justice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh, any more thoughts on this? <laughs> this crazy adventure. No. Yeah, um. <laughs> Uh, it, it can be scary, but, mm. um, uh, I, I guess, I guess no matter how you come at this, everyone's got to, everyone's got to start small and work their way up and, uh, <laughs> maybe exposure isn't the first thing you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, exposure is good. I mean, it's always good to get feedback. It just, it all just depends on how you react to that feedback. That's all. So, 
All right. Let's move on to uh, recommendations or what we've been playing or whatever the fuck this is called now. Uh, Mike, how about you? Any any games you've been playing lately? No. <laughs> I had time. I just, when I have time to chill, I play Skate 3. That's about, <laughs> that's about it. I, I think about playing other stuff, but I just never... I still have time. So, what do you in skate? Are you just making courses? Like, what do you do? What do you still do in skate? I'm, I'm I just skate. It's just the system is so, built so well. Oh, okay. To, ha- yeah. to handle, like, you can do, and it, they mimic skateboarding pretty well. That's mm. kind of the way progression works in skating. Is you know, you can do a kickflip. You know, you can do backside one eighty. You can do, or you can combine them both and do a backside flip. And you can do it over a table or you can do it down some stairs. It's just, you know, times that times how times the number of flip tricks times directions times mm. into and out of grinds times, you know, with the spin times Landing flip out. Annuals. Yeah, it's just it creates this fucking it's just a giant playground. Like I just go and play free skate and with the hut off and and do all the shit in the game that I can't do in real life. Simulation. Mm. It's just really relaxing. It's, uh, mm. it's oddly, I was about to say oddly therapeutic. Yeah. I've done it too. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty neat that it's the game's been around for so long that you <laughs> you're still you still find it very entertaining. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and the game is so polished. It's mm. like. People talk about Skate 4. Not really. Mm. But uh, I almost feel like it's not needed. They just they landed on such a high note. Mm. Skate. Uh, Lionel, how about you? Um, much like Mike, shit's been too busy for me to like actually legit play anything. Uh, if I can... To just recommend things I've played before. Uh, if you happen to have a Nintendo console, go ahead and snatch up uh, any Sin and Punishment game on there. I think there's should be two. The first Sin and Punishment and the sequel, uh, Star Successor, I think is the name of it. Those are just uh, uh, really fun, like, running gun shooters. Granted, the... Uh, it's partially on rails in the sense that how you move through the level is predetermined, but you'll run up to some. You'll either like be running automatically and you just shoot everything around you, or you'll stop and be able to move side to side or back and forth within a certain field to dodge as you're shooting. Hmm. But, um, and there's also like a, a minor melee mechanic where if people get in close, you can attack. And uh, very simple mechanic, very much the uh, easy to learn, hard to master thing. And these games end out the sequel in the sense that it kind of like brings back an old aspect to gaming that you don't really see now in the sense that there's score. And you know, after you've completed the game, one of the things that will make you want to go back outside of it being a treasure game, and treasure games are just are fun incarnate. Like, mechanics are 
very concerted effort to put together mechanics that are just fun to utilize over and over and over again. But um, you'll come back for the score, and the uh, batshit crazy story elements are kind of a plus. They're fun. They're out there and crazy, but they're fun. <laughs> well, that's treasure for you. They're always <laughs> incredibly fun. Um, for, for me, I got the game uh, Mega Man Collection off of the 3DS uh, eShop. Nice. Yeah, and it uh, has a in the collection. There's Mega Man one through six, and they what's great about it is that they have a bunch of special challenges you can do where they remix all the classic levels. They offer you like a database full of all the character art and old manuals from the the, old, the classic games, so you can look through all those. That's can you look nice. at a picture of the the fat Mega Man? Yeah, Very cool. Yeah, it, yeah. How about how about the uh, blue Mega Man with the gun into? Yeah, you can. About, the, <laughs> and the screaming guy in three. You can, yeah, you can pretty much get see all the art, play all the music, and they show you pretty much. It's like a, a, a retro gamer's wet dream. It's it's everything from all the classic <laughs> games and crammed into one game. What about the uh, the guy in the cover of Phalanx? <laughs> oh, it's. I don't think I. No, I don't. I don't think I saw that. That's yeah. a banjo. Yeah. No. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's um, my hero. It's <laughs> the this game is like the absolute perfect bathroom game because you can just you go in there, you play it for a quick few quick games, and then go plop plop yep. at the pool. Yeah, I mean that's the only time I've really mm. been playing it, but it's great because what they also added in too was the um, the option if you push the the, the push the top right right button you can uh, a menu will pop up where you can save exactly where you currently are and load up that save state kind of like we did with the emulators so that way you can kind of uh pick up where you last were what is this on uh 3ds and the wii u and the ps4 hey hey joe Mm -hmm. how are your hands holding up my hands what they hurt when you play games they hurt they actually kind of do now You get yeah. that carpal tunnel. Yeah. I was playing Street Fighter with uh, Hamid the other day, and my the quarter circle mm. was really killing my wrist. That hurts. I couldn't. I could. I was freezing up. I couldn't do my super, so I lost. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's getting kind of sad because my ha- I can't game as long as I used to anymore because my hands start yeah. to hurt after a while, but. Yeah. yeah, that's impressive. It, I haven't I'm, played anything that intensive for a bit. Yeah. Um, I've been designing a lot, so I'm I'm hoping that once that settles down, mm. it'll go back to normal. But I'm like worried that my hands are just old. Well, that and since I'm a programmer, my hands are pretty fucked yeah, up because I've been coding for like ten years. So. My, yeah, my yeah you're pretty... typing and clicking all over the place. Well, in my yeah. hands, I mean, when I move my wrists around, there's a lot of cracking noise, and every once in a while, I have to, like, wear that special glove thingy or whatever. Just the stupid-ass fatality gloves? Yeah, no, it, because it hurts. I have to have my hands straighten, or they hurt for after a while. But um... I got... Uh, uh... I know, I just like making fun of that guy. You know, my... my... It's also my phone. I've been laying 
you know, I was laying around looking at that thing a lot, and it hurts my wrist to do it. So I switch off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And uh, furious masturbation sessions. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Doesn't help. You know, that's you got moderation. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I've been playing. That's only been every once in a while. If <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom, pretty much, that's what I play Mega Man. But um, it's pretty awesome. I Mega Man games. I started to remember how fucking hard they are. They're so difficult. The, the really old ones. Uh, Mega Man X was a lot easier. But these classic. If ones. you want to um, take it easy on yourself, uh, or maybe this is just a good starting point for people new to Mega Man that want to ease in, play Mega Man Eight. Yeah, that's actually a very good introduction. It's not that hard. Yes, it's, it's not too easy. It, but it does get you into that like twitchy gameplay style. Yeah. Um, I think my first first. Uh, I mean, I had two as a little kid, but I was really bad at it, and I was usually just kind of like in the room with all the older kids, and we were passing controller around and putting on game, putting in game genie codes to beat the damn thing. Mm. Um, the first time I really did it on my own was uh, Mega Man X Four. That's not as easy a starting point, but it's uh, easier than the other X games. Um, X five is in a way easier and in a way difficult, more difficult. They've added like weird elements to it to make it more challenging. Um, like uh, you could play like maybe you can play X four through six and then go to zero. Zero is kind of hard. Um, Joe ZX is that a good starting point? ZX, yeah, those games are like they follow up from the Zero series, which is insanely difficult. So yeah, but I they wouldn't... weren't as difficult as Zero. No, no, like no. the controls were smoother, and I want to say it was a bit more forgiving. Zero was like cruel and unusual in that, like <laughs> you could get game over the first time you lost, and it's like, do you want to utilize one of three continues? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Z- or ZX- just like loops everything. If you've never played a Mega Man game, I would say ZX. It's not too punishing, but I really wouldn't recommend it for your first Mega Man experience. I would go. I definitely go with what you said and go with eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. Mega Man. Um, yeah, I've been also playing- eight, eight. Eight is adorable. Yeah. Like, um, it, it's like it's like really bright and happy. It's cutesy. It's got Saturday morning cartoon voices to the degree that Doctor Light sounds like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's a really. It's great just game. precious. It is. Um, Marcus PSP. That was on PSP, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, that wasn't. It should have been. No, you know what was on PSP? A weird chibi thing. Um, yeah, there was a Mega Man Powered, I think. Yeah, that's what it was. Power up. And and but there was also Maverick Hunter X. That's what it and, was. And that was a remake of X, which also had like a, I think it was called Day of Sigma, which was like a uh, uh, anime film uh, yeah. of, of basically retelling the events of X. Um, one thing that stands out, it's the last performance of the guy who did the uh, voice of the main character in G Gundam, and it's so sad that that guy's retired from voice acting because mm. 
He's got the most energizing anime voice I've ever heard in my entire life. What's his name? I don't remember it off the top of my head, but we will talk about G Gundam at some point on my show. So, what was, this is not the last you've heard. Was that the Gundam where they had Gundams from each like nationality? Yeah, fighting on the Earth, and the Earth was surrounded by like uh, energy, some like energy field that looked like ring ropes. Yeah, those Gundams look ridiculous. Those Gundams look ridiculous. I'm sorry. There was a, there was a tequila Gundam. <laughs> yes, I know. Oh my, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Did he have a mustache? <laughs> um, I don't know if he had a mustache. But like the French Gundam looked like Napoleon, and fly had like had like floating roses that shot lasers. The American Gundam had giant boxing gloves and a flying surfboard. Uh, what? What is it? Incredible. One, one of the, is the best part. One of the Gundams. Has a Gundam horse it rides on. Yeah, it's, and, okay. and the Gundam horse is piloted by an actual horse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Gundam was serious. No, well, here's the thing. It was uh, serious. It all uh, it took it seriously. Short version. Short version. There's there's two schools of Gundam. Universal Century, which is kind of like a set timeline where all the serious Gundams are, and alternate something, and that's the that's where all the spinoffs are. The spinoffs are all in separate universes, but they're all in another category. So in that alternate whatever, I can't remember the name of it, but you can do whatever you want with Gundam as long as Bandai okay's it. It's that's what weird. that's also Gundam Wing is and um uh I don't know, maybe Double O and some other stuff. We'll talk yeah. about Gundam on the show as well, but uh <laughs> I forgot about that horse piloting the horse mech <laughs> <laughs> with the guy in the Gundam riding it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty ridiculous, that whole anime. I, I couldn't. There's also a Gundam that's basically a giant windmill. <laughs> all right, wrong show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, let's get to the final thoughts here, uh, Lionel. How would you go first? Anything to say with all this VR talk and other ridiculous stuff we're uh, talking about? On, on the VR end of things, maybe more the AR end of things. On a previous episode, I mentioned how fun would it be to have VR laser tag. I've like played laser tag again recently, and I think AR may be the way to go. Imagine, if you will, gentlemen, having like straight up monsters appear on the field rather than running around trying to shoot your friends, or maybe you can, but like combine your forces to fight this dragon that's just appeared in the center of the area. Or imagine the ability to summon a monster that fires lasers at your enemies. I mean, I mean. Seriously, I do. I dig that. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait to see them clip into the ground. Oh. Oh. That's why. Yeah. yeah, it's that. And I mean, I'm I'm interested for all the VR stuff. Uh, let's get this price thing figured out, though. It should not only be a sport for the rich. 
Um, yeah, like fucking snowboarding. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and skiing for that matter. That's okay, so why you uh, can't can't look fucking mm-hmm. skateboarding with snowboarding and surfboards. Ain't the same shit. Price yeah. brackets. Exactly. There's there's your income bracket. Your income bracket determines your hobby. That's not okay. Mm. Don't do. It. It's true. Don't do that. VR makers. Um, in regards to the other subject, and I'm sure Mike doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Let me just say, on the one hand, you know, put some time into it, put some work into it, but don't let any of this scare you. Don't end up like me. Don't go years calling yourself a creator and not actually make anything. Uh. At the very least, bring your game to me, and I guarantee you I will find, even if it is a worst god-awful piece of crap, I will find something to praise about it. Just, just, don't be afraid. And, you know, try to find the good. Much like I will find the good in your game, try to find the good in what critics tell you. Yeah. Because we all just get better at the end of the day. Be afraid of me. No. I'll no, rip your look. shit down off the wall, son. Mike, if, if you do that, I will fuck you in the ass. If it ain't good, it ain't good. <laughs> I'll tell you why. We can do so, this okay. together. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, I'm your mother and Mike's your father. <laughs> I think you're a precious little snowflake. You're unique and special and beautiful the way you are. And Mike's going to give you that hard-ass real shit. Son, your mother and I are getting it separated. <laughs> no. shit. They always favor the mother in the divorce. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, mommy and Daddy. Uh, so, Daddy. I shouldn't have said it. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike. Wait, your final thoughts there, buddy? <laughs> I just gave it. All right. Let's do rigmarole. Okay. <laughs> where can we where can we find your show, Big Daddy? We stole that from I stole that from kind of funny. The rigmarole. But it's a good word. Yep. I, I knew an old I talk to a wise old janitor on a regular basis who use the term rigmarole. It's a natural word. Yeah. Well, I think we should appropriate it into the larger podcasting culture. Mm. Uh, but the credits where it's due, uh, when everybody says this 100 years from now, you can uh, listen to what I just said, and then you'll know that it was originated by the kind of funny guys. But uh, you can find my show... At heylistenradio.com. And you can find updates from me on Twitter. I say crazy things. Um, not really. I don't say that much crazy stuff. Yeah, just between. You don't tell your mother that I, uh, you know, all the shit that we say. You know. But uh, hyper 90s. And 90s is spelled out. Um and uh, you can follow all of our show posts. We, we find out about the latest episodes on uh, at Hey Listen Radio on Twitter 
or you can listen on SoundCloud, or you can like us on Facebook. I hate listening radio. Um, I was gonna say something else, but I can't remember. Uh, Jumper cable. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> follow right. me. Follow me on Instagram at Mexican oh. Spring. Mm. That's where the real shit is. <laughs> That's where that crazy loco in the cabeza shit is. And follow Joe on Instagram too. He's uh, he posts stuff. Uh, yep, I do. Joe's an Instagram powerhouse. <laughs> I need to do it more. Uh, Lionel, where can they find your show? Oh, uh, so did you like all that crazy Gundam talk? All that talk of robots and horses piloting robots and tequila Gundams? Well, if you did, I got an anime podcast that I drag these two poor suckers along for at uh, old the old Taku Connection. Yes, and I'm on all those places. Mike's Mike is, but let's just say for some strange reason, you want to just talk to me instead of these two lovely people. Um, uh, you can contact me on Twitter. Uh, uh, brain fart. Um, uh, t- jumper cables at Old Taku Connect. Old. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, Old Taku yeah. Connect. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of that, can you retweet oh. your latest episodes? <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, sorry. I, I was in I was in Reno <laughs> when you guys probably tweeted oh, yeah. those. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and and pin. Pin your latest episodes to the top of your feed. And Lionel, I CC you on a lot of stuff. <laughs> if you could Again, to I was in Reno for a lot of that. And yeah. um, Joe keep doing it because a lot of people were retweeting it. They were? Cool. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, I got like, a lot of notifications of like people retweeting something I got mentioned in. Mm. Yeah. Joe, you sent me a lot of stuff while I was in Nevada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's good stuff. You gotta get that app. Right. Where can we find uh, the uh, fearless leader? Uh, you can find more at on the internet. You can find me on the interwebs at NAGP Returns on Twitter, and where I talk about lots of well. I really talk about. I just kind of share lots of stuff that I find all over the internet related to just about like games, anime, just any nineties, any pretty much anything that I can find related to. Hey, listen, ready, and I put it on there. Mostly gaming talk. That could, that could all change if you go there and talk to Joe. He'll talk back. Maybe. Oh, I'll talk back. I'll talk back for sure. We'll have a long conversation. You don't have to fend me off with a stick. It'll be fun. Good stuff. <laughs>